Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. and welcome to the Daily Home Edit Summer Series. I'm the editor of Home Beautiful, Sarah Berman, and over the silly season, we are sharing some of our favourite episodes from the first series of the Daily Home Edit. Back in August, Home Beautiful Features editor Holly Byrne caught up with Channel 7 journo Edwina Bartholomew, who recently went on maternity leave from Sunrise to have her first child. Among other things, they chatted about what it's like to renovate with a baby deadline and all that that entails. Enjoy! Welcome, Edwina. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I love the palatial surrounds you've created here at Home Beautiful. The decor just, you know, speaks for itself, speaks to what the magazine is all about. It's lovely. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Now, you'd probably recognise Edwina from Sunrise on Channel 7. It's fair to say she's one of Australia's most loved TV personalities. But what you might not know is she's fast becoming quite a renovation expert. Oh, I don't know about expert. (laughs) Much love to Edwina. Thanks very much for that. But yeah, expert might be a stretch, but we'll see where we end up. Now, we first noticed your eye for interiors when we saw your property near the Blue Mountains. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, between Lithgow and Mudgee called Ruramba. Wow. Now, if you haven't seen it before, we'll add the link in the episode description. It's a stunning country cottage. Edwina, how did you find this place? It's a bit random, actually. It speaks to um, how lame our life is, actually, because we were looking for... for for some reason, um, for a place just like this. It was New Year's Eve, actually, um, and um, we were staying up on the Gold Coast and we were just sort of dreaming how you know wonderful it would be to have an escape outside of Sydney. So we just got looking online and found this place and um, it looked amazing. It was an old sandstone cottage from the 18... 18- 1880s, you think um, it's about that old? And yeah, just contacted the real estate agent straight away and said, can we come and have a look at it? And he said, look, I'm, you know, I'm on holidays for a couple of weeks. Um, sure, when I get back, you can come and look. Uh, and then he emailed us a few weeks later to say, sorry, it's sold. And I said, well, hang on. You've got two potential buyers here. Surely you can let us come and see it. Uh, so he did. He let us go and see it. And um yeah, we ended up buying it pretty much on the spot. So it was a pretty good deal. It was it was a, a fair way out of Sydney. Well, it's about three hours out of Sydney. Um, it needed a lot of work. So, yeah, we we're pretty lucky to find it when we did. Amazing. And what was it about the area? Were you looking for that area specifically? So my husband's originally from Lithgow, so it's just past Lithgow. So he was fairly familiar with the area. I mean, I'd travelled all over Australia with Sunrise and I'd never seen this area and it's beautiful. It's called the Capity Valley. So as you head towards Mudgee, which I'm sure lots of listeners have, have done that drive from Sydney to Mudgee, you sort of take a turn off to the right down into this valley and descend into this valley. So it's the widest canyon in the world after the Grand oh, Canyon wow. and this beautiful escarpment all around it and it's just really absolutely stunning. So I think we were blown away by the scenery when we first went down there um, and the, the fact that it was so... Um, so hidden, I suppose, we loved about it. And then since then, obviously, we've got to know all of our neighbours and it's actually just such a wonderful community as well. So we've been very lucky to land where we did. Amazing. It sounds like a bit of a hidden gem. Yeah, it is. What really drew you in about the cottage itself? 
Um, I mean, obviously the bones of it were so good uh, that we didn't have to do anything to the structure. The uh, original cottage was quite small, an old Shearer's cottage, as I said, sort of around the 1880s. Uh, it had been extended in the 1980s, but using sandstone from the original quarry. So the, the outside was absolutely spectacular, Amazing. corrugated iron roof, um, but then we had just had to gut the – when I say just had to gut the interior, I mean, we were so naive. It was the first renovation we'd ever done. So it's sort of like, oh, we'll just pop in an Ikea kitchen. It'll be super simple. We roped in this um, lovely builder, Ben Peary from Mudgee, and said, oh, look, mate, it's just a, a couple of months. Super simple reno, super cheap. Uh, and then we decided that we would actually would eventually rent out the property as an Airbnb. So we thought, right, we'll invest a bit more money in making it quite luxurious. Um, and that obviously took a bit more time. So in the end, the renovation took about uh, over six months to do. And then plus the gardens and all the rest of it obviously takes time. So all, all up from when we bought it to when we actually stayed, it was actually New Year's Eve, probably a year later, we actually got to stay there wow. for the very first time. Now, when you say it has good bones, what state was it in when you started? So the exterior was completely fine. Sandstone was absolutely beautiful. You know, roof was intact, all of that kind of main stuff. In terms of structurally, all we did was we knocked out one wall, created a a different sort of doorway and created a big floor-to-ceiling bookshelf on one of the walls. So... Uh, and, and closed up one of the exterior sort of mudroom doors and turned the bathroom into a bit of a bigger space. So s- structurally, we didn't have to do too much, but the floor, for example, was a combination of cement and wood floors, but nothing that could be restored. So we had to bring in a new floor over the top of that. So yeah, everything aesthetically had to be done inside. But in terms of the actual house, it was pretty good, except for um, some of the stuff we didn't realise at the time that there was a uh, a garden hose connecting the tank to the house as oh. the main source of water. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there was a green tree frog living in the loo. Uh, so lots of different things. And then, of course, because it's a property, it's um, you know more than 100 acres. So then you add on fencing and troughs and all the other stuff that you know we had no idea what we were getting into. If we had had an idea, would we still do it? I hope so. Like it's been such an adventure for the two of us and such an amazing part of our lives so far and, and hopefully well into the future. So I'd like to think we would make the same decision again. And did you design it all yourself? Where did you find your inspiration for the, the interior So look? I'm very lucky to have a very good friend, Felicity um, Slattery, who runs a beautiful, beautiful architecture firm down in Melbourne called Studio Esteta. So I worked with um, Flea when she sort of was first starting out. So she did a lot of the plans for us internally and I did all the interiors myself. So chose all the, obviously the furnishings, did all that myself. But Flea made some really great suggestions, things like building a sort of ledge behind the bed for for lighting and to create a bit more of a, uh, a bit of, you know, a bit more drama in the bedroom and a place to put paintings and that kind of thing. Yeah, a bit of ambience. So she made lots of great suggestions that I, you know, being first time renovators, we never would have never would have thought of and things around lighting and and all that kind of stuff like that that you just don't don't know about really of course how would you describe your style interiors wise well it's very I mean that style is very specific so we're doing another house at the moment stupid us um (laughs) which is very different I mean it's a house in the city it's more of a family home so if you look at that house you'd think my aesthetic would be Fifty Shades of Beige because it's all very, um, I guess you'd call it modern country. We didn't want any of that kind of horseshoe type 
hooks and you know <laughs> classic country, yeah, yeah all that kind of rustic, stuff but yeah rustic charm. um someone sent me the other day a dog bed made out of a 50 um, of gallon drum i was like nah, no no yeah, that's yeah, so rustic a little rustic so i didn't want any rustic chic you know shabby chic type finishes so yeah i'd call it modern country almost sort of Scandinavian, I suppose, in some respects, but not that sort of pine feel. Um, there's lots of different – I grew up in Japan, so there's lots of different textiles, sort of antique kimono fabrics I've used as upholstery, that kind wow. of thing, um, different ceramics. And, and so, yeah, it's very earthy there, very, very in keeping with the exteriors. Uh, you know, obviously the sandstone, I guess, uh, you know, speaks to the, the colours of the escarpment and then we sort of tried to reflect those colours inside as well, you know, beautiful kind of linen sheets and um, it's really, it's kind of, it's it's really comfortable, a really beautiful, like luxuriously comfortable home, I'd say. And then, you know, in, in Sydney, we'll go a totally different route, I think. So it'll still be fairly classic, but um, maybe a bit more colour. <laughs> So with the city home you're renovating, getting it baby ready, congratulations by the way. Thank you. What is that looking like at the moment for you, the new reno? Well, Holly, it's looking like a bit of a mess, to be <laughs> honest. So we had to wait a long time for council permission. So I think we put it in like at the beginning of the year and, and now mid-year we just received our permission. So we thought we were starting months ago. In the end, we'll have to start at the beginning of August or thereabouts and um, – yeah, the baby's due in December. So it's a pretty tight turnaround. That's a tight deadline. Yes, a tight deadline. Um, thankfully there too, it's not too much structure. We're not going up or out or anything like that. So um, mostly aesthetic. However, since then we've discovered my husband is allergic to mould. So now we have to rip up all sorts of things that we didn't think we had to do before, put you know underfloor ventilation in and all sorts of things that will take extra time. So, yeah, I think it'll be right down to the wire. We've got a great builder, Michael, who I think fully appreciates the looming deadline of needing to get back in the house. I know I'm not the only stupid person to renovate with a baby on the way. That <laughs> seems to be a, a thing. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully... We, we shall start. In the meantime, we're kind of couch surfing. Oh, wow. <laughs> Friends' houses, my parents' house. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, life is a bit chaotic. That can be very exhausting, couch surfing. Yeah, in some ways I feel like it got me out of the house and got me to be organised in terms of packing everything up, sending things to storage. I actually hired two backpackers from Chile on Airtasker and they have been amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, they emptied out the cup. They emptied out the, the attic for me. They... Um, they moved stuff to storage. They took stuff to to Vinnie's. They took stuff to the tip. So yeah, basically um, amazing what you can yeah, find on Antarctica. <laughs> so they're so good. My my Chilean friend Marceliano, uh, he's been a lifesaver because my husband's been sick at the same time. So it's been a bit hard. Oh my um, So yeah, so it's all finally coming together in a few weeks. I feel like we'll be able to kind of start and hopefully nothing goes too wrong and we can get it done in a timely fashion. Sounds amazing. Do you have any must-haves for this home that you're dying to include? Yeah, it's so, so strange planning a house that you'll live in permanently for the next 10, 15 years. 
I don't think there's any kind of extravagant must-haves. I originally was looking at those beautiful steel windows, steel frame doors. Beautiful. Yep, got the quote in for those. They were the first thing to go out the door, literally. So, um, you know, things like that where you, you obviously dream big, you look at all the beautiful home magazines and then you think, okay, let's wind that back a little bit. We're lucky that, again, this house has beautiful bones. There's beautiful original um, timber floors um, made of King William pine from Tasmania. Amazing. Um, so it, we think it dates to about the 1850s, 1860s. So, yeah, there's a lot of history in the house, which is wow. fabulous. A lot of mould too, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't think it's been cleaned underneath the floor since 1855. But we love that. It's a heritage-listed house. That's why we bought it because we love that history. So we'll be looking to really preserve a lot of that history you know yeah I have my eye on lots of lovely lovely things um whether I actually have my eye on this beautiful bath but I got the quote for it through and I said to the the tap people I said look keep it on the you know keep it on the back burner and if we get to the end and I can still afford the bath I'll get the bath if not it's coming from a second store out the you know you've got to have at least one splurge item though right I think so but I think having done a renovation before like I know I can buy a bath from a second store for 700 bucks so spending thousands of dollars on a bath mm, hard to justify hard to justify when you know that you can make these savings and I think that's the great thing about doing I suppose a practice run in terms of the farm in that it was our first time is that you do know that if you shop around, you can find really great. I think our, our, our wonderful architect specified these door handles that were like ludicrously expensive. And I'm like, surely, surely there is a cheaper door handle out there. Just shopped around, found some ones that were practically the same. So having that understanding from doing it once will hopefully put us in good stead for the next one. Have there been any other big learnings from having the first practice run? Um, Things take time, more time than you expect. So that's unfortunate for us. But I think also I found, and, and our builder might disagree by the end, but I think being really involved in it really helps because then you have you're completely across all the things that are happening. So if you go there on site one day and there's a question about something, you don't have to go to five other people to find an answer. You know, you're across it. That's not to suggest... I could possibly be a kind of owner builder. That's not my area of expertise. But I think definitely be across the finer details and also work cooperatively with your partner or whoever you're doing it with. Like Neil was really great on the really fine details and I was great on the kind of bigger picture stuff. Um, So that meant we could kind of bounce off each other and we always knew sort of what we, what we were doing. And then it does allow you to say, hey, look, I like that idea, but let me just go back to the drawing board. And I'm like, a, I'm a Pinterest obsessed. I love all the magazines. Love Pinterest. Instagram Yeah, Instagram. Well. Now you can save images on Instagram. You know, have all that there. So you, you're very, very clear on what it is you want and what your non-negotiables are so that you say like, look, I can't afford that, but if I channel my money here, I know that's going to be good value. What kind of non-negotiables do you have for this house? It's funny because we've been living in this house for two years now without the money to renovate. So we've taken us this long to save to renovate. It can be good living in it because you get to learn what you need though, right? Yes. But right now I just want it to be better than the the absolute crap hole that it is at the moment. (laughs) I don't really have any non-negotiables. Just get rid of the mold. Except for the fact that we can actually live in it. My dog came in the other day into the lounge room with a piece of skirting board in his mouth. I was like, "Mm, it's definitely time to to move out and renovate. So it's been long overdue. So look, we will be thrilled just to get back in there and have – 
I'll send you some photos you can include because, I mean, it's it's, it's shocking do. at the moment. Like, it's really bad. And so anything will be an improvement on what we have right now. We have this kind of, like, 1980s orange kitchen. We have, yes, yeah, skirting oh, boards falling off. We have mould. We have... Um, rising damp we have anything you can imagine so very much shabby chic at the moment it's very much shabby chic and not in a good way (laughs) well we look forward to seeing what you do the finished product thanks so much for joining me today it was such a pleasure to have you in thank you so much for having me i'll I'll update you perhaps in a few months and we'll see how it's all going (laughs) that's a wrap for the daily home edit today thank you so much for listening and don't forget to rate review and subscribe Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.